0: Being honest, I'd never envisaged that I would coach the women's game. I'd always been quite engrossed in the men's side of the game. The game's completely different to the men's. They're fully committed, very professional. They they want to be successful and they want to be recognised as at the same level as men. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast. O2 Inside Line. I'm Lewis Deacon. the England women's forwards coach. The forwards coach is primarily based around forwards play, set piece, scrum, line out, breakdown and general forwards play around ball carrying off nine and ten. I suppose crossover from playing into then becoming a coach is the experience. I've been very fortunate to play the game at, at the highest level. I've gained invaluable experience around forward play because I was, I was a forward first and foremost but the techniques that are needed to be able to deliver success those those are really key Lewis Deacon has grown up with nights like tonight
1: watching them and now playing in them Lewis Deacon as a coach and personality is quite quiet but then when you're listening to him like you're really listening because he doesn't talk unnecessarily my name's Shauna Brown and I'm a prop forward for Harlequins in England What he's got to say will be the right thing. So as soon as he's speaking, it's just like that quiet from everywhere else because Lewis is speaking. It must be something worth saying.
0: My earliest childhood memory of rugby would be watching my dad play. He used to play for a junior rugby club uh, Wigston, RFC. Wigston was actually quite a f- famous club at the time for, for Leicester. It provided a lot of the players that went on to play for Leicester Tigers and Martin Johnson came through through that club. I remember him coming down to the, the club at one stage and I was probably 10, 11 years old and I asked him for a pair of boots cheekily. And actually later on in my career when I was playing for Tigers and eventually played with Martin Johnson, he actually gave me a pair of boots so he, he remembered. Um, which was quite nice. Ruby was always everything for me. You know, Leicester kid. My dream was to play for Leicester Tigers. Growing up with my brother was um, was actually quite competitive in the garden. More often than not, would turn quite feisty between us. Um, God knows how many fence panels my dad had to repair through. He was tackling each other literally through the fence. The grass wasn't in a great state because it was constant all day, every day, sort of. Any opportunity we got, we'd be out there with a ball.
1: Multiple stories of playing in the garden, getting tackled, going through neighbours' fences. I think every window in the back of the house was smashed at some point. I'm Brett Deacon, I'm the assistant coach at the Leicester Tigers. I'm the younger brother of Lewis Deacon, who is the fours coach of England's women's team. We grew up through rugby from when we were very first born, so sat in boogies, push chairs at the side of the pitch, watching my dad play. We grew up with it, we loved it. Uh, We loved the social side of it as well. Every Saturday was around uh, going to watch my dad play rugby, and me and Lewis would spend hours and hours after that that game playing outside with a ball. Lots of time spent um, in the garden playing backyard games, football, cricket, rugby, with shootouts. Yeah, every day it was like a mud bath. It wasn't a it wasn't a garden that you would show your neighbours or have barbecues. It was a, a garden for two teenage boys. My brother's eighteen,
0: much younger than me. So if I achieved something. It'd give him the encouragement to try and achieve the same. And hopefully, I sort of shown him the way. So, when I played for England schoolboys under 16s, he then went on to play for England schoolboys and eventually, you know, getting invited to train with the Leicester Tigers Academy at the time. So, he, he always followed in my footsteps. My parents were like hugely influential, really, to be honest. Um, my dad probably really noticed that myself and my brother, you know, had some potential, I suppose. He really pushed us, um, you know, in terms of make sure we were really committed to to what was required to be successful around how we behaved off the field sort of socially and also like training and being able to prepare yourself so we we can go on and sort of perform. But yeah, both my parents were hugely supportive in my rugby journey. Like I say, I'd had the dream to play for Tigers, so to to be able to do that was was a dream come true, both for myself and, and my brother. What was really special about um, me making my debut was getting the opportunity to play with my heroes. Like I'd, I'd grown up watching the likes of Martin Johnson, Neil Back, Dean Richards on on, on TV, and then to get invited to. Join the first team in, in training and be in the same same changing room as these guys, I was, I was in awe. Um, I don't think I actually spoke for the, for the first few months.
1: Actually, he was very, very different. So Lewis used to play on the back row. He was a number eight. He was very athletic, agile, could sidestep, could fend. And then he made his debut and he played in the second row and he didn't do any of those things. <laughs> um, but he was always, always tough, always um, up for a real good battle, fight. And and you see that when he's played. Personality, very serious. Could say borderline grumpy. Um, No, definitely grumpy. Doesn't say too much, but when he does say things, um, he talks a lot of sense and people listen to him and respect him.
0: Leicester is a massive club. Like The fan base is huge. It was like a real family. Representing the club with that sort of support was huge. We had a really close-knit group of people um, certainly around my age and ge- even the generations before. Um, so yeah, it was an amazing time for Leicester. Not just myself, but obviously the whole, the whole city. I always had sort of the mindset to play as well as I could for Leicester. And if I do that, that would then give me the opportunity to, to play internationally. I've got, got a few proud moments making my debut for Leicester. Another one was my brother making his debut and we actually played in the second row together. He wasn't a second row, but we played both in the second row. And then playing for England, like running out of Twickenham was, you know, amazing. I I remember being in the change rooms before thinking, oh my God, I'm playing with Johnny Wilkinson and there's 80,000 people out there and running out for the first time. It's like running out into a coliseum, you know, amazing feeling. The injuries probably did hamper my career, um, certainly internationally. I had some really tough, dark times. i ruptured one of my discs. That was after the training camp for France in 2007. Unfortunately, didn't get selected. I think got down to the last two or three. And then went back to my club and played a whole season with the club. And this back issue sort of occurred and I, I didn't play for probably like 11 months. I'd made my debut for England in 2005 And it wasn't until the 2007 Six Nations I got my next opportunity and I was really starting to not necessarily be established, but be recognised as one of those players. Then to have that injury sort of set me back, I don't think it was until that 2009 to 2011 that I'd really established myself. Felt really like part of the, the squad then. And then again, injury sort of ended it all for me. I was playing for Leicester and I ruptured my hamstring, so again, out for another year. Um, and I never played for England again. I'd struggled with back injuries throughout my career and I think it was the wear and tear in the end um, that sort of stopped me playing. I was actually going quite well. Um, I'd just signed a new contract for two more years, which would have took me to 20 years at the club, which would have been a, you know, an amazing achievement. But yeah, unfortunately it, it, it ended my career. I enjoyed every moment of playing for my country. I was at Leicester for 18 years, played 274 times, so it's a lot, a lot of games. I'm massively disappointed at the time, and it's quite tough. But you know, you, you move on, and there's life after rugby. Playing rugby, there, I should say. It could have probably been easy for me to just stay at Leicester and become like institutionalized with it, but there's more out there and there's other communities, there's other clubs that have exactly that same feeling. I always wanted to go into coaching. I had plans to go into it after my last contract sort of ended because it happened quicker than I thought. The opportunities that were potentially going to be around when I stopped weren't there at the time. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to coach, but like I say, there was not that many opportunities, there was no opportunities. I'm really grateful that Matt Hampson Foundation charity gave me an opportunity to go and work with them, to try something different. The Matt Hampson Foundation is a charity that supports people that are seriously injured through sport, like Matt himself, so Matt Hampson is uh, ex rugby player and he was playing for England, unfortunately broke his neck. And then in 2011, Matt set up the foundation so he can support other people. Matt is so inspirational. His motto is get busy living. So even though he's found himself in the, the situation, he's in you know tetraplegic, he just wants to get on with life and live life to the fullest and nothing will stand in his way. Like he'll go on holiday, he'll go. he'll go to Barbados on holiday, he does it to prove a point and show other people that they can do it too. And I think that's yeah, hugely inspiring that he does those sort of things. I'd spent a lot of time supporting them throughout my playing career. They were doing some amazing things throughout my testimonial year together. And um, after that year, they just said, would you like to continue doing some, some work with us? They gave me an, an opportunity to, to go and do something because when your career just comes to an end so quickly and you're used to doing one thing over and over again, you're in that sort of routine. You almost lose that sense of purpose of, you know, being that rugby player and that's completely gone all of a sudden. So they really helped me transition um, out of the game, give me something different to focus on, helping people that are probably in a lot worse situation than I've, I certainly was in at the time. So it put, put everything into perspective for me. Transitioning from a player to becoming a coach was, it it felt natural. Um, My first opportunity of coaching professionally was at Moseley Rugby Club. So it was a year after I'd retired and a guy called Kevin Maggs, ex-Ireland International, was there at the time and he said, would I want to come in and help out and try and help them survive in the championship? Unfortunately, we, we didn't do that. So that was a bit bumpy. I dropped down another level to, to national one but I found that quite valuable because a lot of these clubs at that level do, don't have a huge amount of resource don't have a lot of money and you've got to try and make players better and that's something that's like really stuck with me as a, as a coach is how can I make these players better while I was at Moseley I got an opportunity to, to coach England boys under 20s and I think that was a huge learning curve for me learn a lot about the game and how to become a better coach you know learning how to win a game and what what's really required to allow them to do that. I've always wanted to coach at the very highest level by not getting the opportunity to go straight in the top you have to learn like a different way. and I think that's going to be really invaluable to like future success um, and working in different environments has been like really beneficial to my development as a coach.
1: Geek's coming in, for me, he's exactly what I'd want from my my forwards coach. I think we're quite similar personality-wise. I'm Abby Ward. I play for England and Bristol Bears, and I'm a second row. He loves his detail, and he's got really high standards. And for me, I'm like, perfect, what more do you want? So to have someone that can really drive us, drive our standards and try to push us onto the next level, like never settling, but have the detail and the process and the structure behind that, I think it's perfect. So he's been a great fit.
0: Being honest, I'd never envisaged that I would coach the women's game. I'd always been quite engrossed in the men's side of the game. I was obviously given the opportunity to to coach the the Red Roses and, you know, I'm so grateful of that opportunity. The girls are great to work with. The game's completely different to the men's. They're fully committed, very professional, They, they want to be successful, and they want to be recognized as at the same level as men, like they want to be on that same stage. And I think the way the women this game's going is so exciting to be a part of that, and the opportunity of being involved and where the game is going is, like I say, what really excites me. I think the key differences of initially of what I've noticed are um, the women's game seems more open. There's more there's more opportunities both sides of the ball, like in, in attack and defence. It seems like a, a cleaner game in that sense. You know, defences in the men's game are so good now. It's very attritional, it's really close. Women's game is a lot more open. There's obviously a lot more development still to go in the, in the game, probably from a, a physical perspective. So the fitness side of things, the game's not been, you know, professional that long. Obviously men's been so you know, professional for a long time and, and the, the women's game is, you know, really early doors still. So there's, it's, that's why I say it's really, really exciting. It's just going to, you know, make the game even bigger. You know, the fan base now is growing, getting bigger game by game. It's really going to open the game up to a new audiences, I'd say.
1: I've definitely got more involved looking and searching for the women's game because of the relationship with Lewis and him coaching it. He was really open-minded about taking the role, and I think he's really excited about it. A completely different challenge, I believe. Just watching their games through the series when they played New Zealand, the difference he's made to that forward pack, um, around, especially around their set pieces, has been incredible. So uh, he's doing a fantastic job. I think it's just exciting that it's growing. Now you can really see a brilliant brand of rugby developing. I think I've always looked up to him anyway. I've always, through my whole life, looked at his journey... For a player and as a coach, it inspires you to to be the best you can be.
0: I think the difference is, yeah, the pathways are different. I think there's not that many opportunities for young girls to play rugby, certainly with girls. So young girls are playing in boys' teams, and there might be two or three girls in in a boys' team. So there's not out-and-out girls. Um, So the pathway is very different the opportunities might come a little bit later. So they're not getting the opportunities to practice some of those core skills as early as probably some boys may do. Kicking a ball at a young age, is, they don't get that opportunity. Whereas a boy would probably practice that at a, a younger age, I'd say. Hopefully younger girls are now starting to pick up the ball and kick it more and, and try some of those more closed skill skills that are the difficult skills. The more junior girls teams that can offer rugby to girls, um, the better, and So I think it's really important to the to the development of the future. I see the future as hopefully filling Twickenham, you know, getting a fan base that's probably around 10,000. We've got a lot of work to do. We can't stand still because if we do that, other teams will catch us up. So we've got to keep looking at ways to improve and keep growing our game and getting better. And if we can do that, then we'll achieve our goals, hopefully. have got three girls. They've never really been interested in, in rugby. Certainly, they were too young to understand rugby when I was playing the game. But what I found was during the autumn, just the way they behaved around the girls. After one of the games, they went around with the programs, got all the signatures from the girls. And I've never seen it from from my girls before. They're in awe of them. And I think them coming to the games during the autumn was amazing and the excitement on their faces. I think they loved it. I think it like, almost inspired them a little bit, which was really nice to see.